0: We give God all the praise, all the glory. If you don't know, we already have told you that we are not going to be having a New Year's service next week. So we try to make it up for you today. (laughs) But anyway, enjoy the word of God. Amen. Amen. All right, get your Bible. Thank you so very much. Get your your Bible. Let's get to the word. There's enough word. There's enough word in this house to last you. To the new year you can guarantee that well if you was not here this morning get the tape uh, we talked about this morning we're going to continue the day on the word of God was made flesh and we're going to show you why there's a couple more messages down the road that my heart is on but anyway I got to do this I wish I could just do this mail it to you and go on and preach what I was happened going in my heart but I can't do that amen Amen. But it's all good. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. And we just want to read uh, uh, verse number 4. And we're going to read that down to verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4 through 6. When you get there, say amen. Let's read together. And such trust have we through Christ the God. what. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now we're going to go to our subject today in the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 14. Then you can take your seats. The Gospel of St. John chapter 1. And verse number 14. On your screen, when you get there, say amen. amen. Let's read that together. And the Word was made flesh and dwell among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We all connected information from last week. If you was not here, I'm just going to bring you up to date. Thanking God for his word. Amen. Amen. Father, we give you all the praise now and all the glory. Thanking you for your word. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your truth. Thank you, Lord, for your love and kindness, your tender mercies. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Now we ask that you would lead us and guide us and teach us, Lord, your new covenant. Thank you for your precious Son. Thank you for your precious gift of your Holy Spirit, eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Amen. All right, what I'd like to do today, I'd like to continue. Last week we started a series, really the fifth series, on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I still have a lot of things about the Holy Spirit that I'm going to be talking about uh, because that is the ultimate gift of the Bible is to make sure you have the Holy Spirit. Uh, But anyway, we're going to be getting to that. But at the same time, uh, we are showing you something in this series. Uh, Last week, we had to talk about Romans 6.23. So if you go, you'll show me that Romans 6.23 again on the screen because I want to make sure you understand that. This This is... an awesome thing when you go to church all your life and don't know how you're saved, don't know if you're saved. That's just not good. That's just not good. When you go to church, you're supposed to go to church somewhere for you can be taught the Bible. You got to be able to learn the Bible. My responsibility is to teach you the word of God. I'm not here to flatter you and all this other stuff. I'm here to teach you the word of God. It's no different than you went to uh, Oak, uh, Oak University uh, uh, Auburn, any of these great universities around here, we've got plenty of them. Uh, when you go to these universities, you want to be able to get your degree. You want to be able to learn your profession. So you don't just come out with a piece of paper, you really know how to do the work. And so that's my responsibility. Not that you just say you're Christian, but you know you're saved, you know how, to, how you're saved, you know how to help get somebody else to get saved. You, uh, my job is to teach you this word, and that's why we provide in this church a lot of means. Now you got CDs in the storehouse, DVDs in the storehouse, uh, YouTube, podcasts, all the different ways you can get the Word of God in this church. Okay, but right now let's get into the Word of God. Uh, we're going to be talking about John chapter one verse fourteen for the word was made flesh. We're going to deal with that. The word of God was made flesh. We're going to use that. The word of God was made flesh. Now, I gave you Romans 6.23. It's on the screen. Last week, I talked about this verse, Romans 6.23. And then I asked you a question. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you look at that verse, that verse has two parts to it. It takes you to the cross. So if I was on this side, Paul was saying to the believers on this side of the cross, the wages of sin is death. Now, I'm going to be talking about Christ's death today because the way we are saved, we have to believe in Christ's death burial, and resurrection. Now, I'm going to be talking about Christ's death today, but the wages of sin, what took him to the cross was the sin of Adam, man's sin, okay? So the wages of sin, the wages just like you work, you got a check coming, (coughs) the wages of sin, how much did it cost? death how much did our sin cost god death our son his son bear our sins but it cost him his life so the ways of sin is death then the next on this side of the cross after jesus died now the gift of god is eternal life so that's why on the, that side of the cross they could not get eternal life because christ had not died nobody on this side of the cross before christ's death being resurrection could have eternal life nobody Okay, so the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through, our, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then I asked you a question last week. If we know the ways of sin is death, then we know the gift of God is eternal life. Then I asked you a question, what is the gift of God? Most people go to church every Sunday, do not even know what the gift of God is. And so that's why I told you this morning, I, I spent some time there this morning. I'm going to just give you two verses, then we're going to move on. Showing you what the gift of God is. Now, let's go back to Romans chapter number, always uh, oh, on the screen. So, the gift of God, number one, I'm just going to give you the verse, I'm going to move on. I gave you uh, Romans 3 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. You read those verses, you will see the gift of righteousness. Say that with me. The gift of righteousness. Now, also, we know, in the Bible tell us the gift of righteousness, but the gift of righteousness is also the gift of forgiveness. So I have to understand that. Say so the gift of righteousness is also the gift of forgiveness. Right, it's the same gift. Let's look at Acts 26, 18. In Acts 26, the apostle Paul uh, was ministering and God showed us what God gave Paul in, in, in Acts 26. This is his ministry in Acts twenty six eighteen. Open their eyes. This is his responsibility. Open their eyes. Turn them from darkness to light. Then it says, and from the power of Satan. Now, we, we just touched on this morning. We showed you what is the power of Satan. And uh, we gave you the verses this morning. I'm going to give them to you right now. I know you know them. But I'm just going to give them to you. It's talk about the power of Satan. Turn them from the power of Satan. Uh, the power of Satan is found in 1 Corinthians 15. We'll look at this in the good news. Start with verse 55. 1 Corinthians 15, 55, 56, 57. We'll look at that in just a moment. But then we're also going to go back. You want to write these down, please. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. So these things told us what the power of, of Satan is. If you know that, do you know what, what Christ died for. See, you, it's not enough just I'm going to church and having a good time, but are you learning anything? Are you learning this word enough to be able to relate it to other people? See, that's, that's what it's all about. It's just like if I ask you, you I'm going to the University of Michigan, I'm going to Lansing, I'm, I'm going to all these big places. Are you learning anything? Matter of fact, when you come out of there, you have to practice your profession. Have you learned it enough so you can be able to operate on it, work it out, walk in it? I mean, if you're going to school to be a doctor, you get out, can you doctor on anybody and keep them alive? I'm not going to say you can't doctor on nobody, but will they live when you get through doctoring? Right, because doctors are supposed to save lives, Right. Right, so that, that's the thing. So it, it doesn't make it just to say I got my degree, but can you now go in that place and work and do it? That's what it's about in this world. All right, so let's go to work. Now here's the apostle Paul ministry. Open your eyes, number one, talking about us who was blind. Turn, turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the power of Satan to God. And then that they might receive. See, here's the inheritance, that they might receive first. Before you can receive your inheritance, you have to receive forgiveness of sins. And then he says, comma, and inheritance among them which are sanctified, which was the Old Testament believer, which was the church of God. So the key is, most people have not received forgiveness from God. Let's go to the good news and let's read uh, let's do it on the NLT. I don't know if you're up yet on that, but look at the NLT, Romans 5 16. Let's do it out the NLT. Most people have not received the forgiveness, have not received God's forgiveness. Most people will say that they are Christians and they are believers, they're born again, but they'll never receive God's forgiveness. Or God's righteousness, which is the same word. And not understanding until you receive that, you have no inheritance. You can't get inheritance until you receive your forgiveness. And most people's daily prayer is, "Lord, forgive me." Well that's what's supposed to happen. you got saved. But well, we've been religious in religion so long we don't know the difference between the works of the flesh and sin. I said this morning, sin has to do with your nature. Not what you did Saturday night. Sin has to do with your nature. If you you have sin in your conscience, then you have the power of death still in your conscience. Once you get saved, there's no more sin and death in the believer. But that's when you get saved. The first of all, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit must come into your soul. I'm using the word conscious because it's the same word as the heart, the soul, conscience. If you don't have Christ in you, which is the Holy Spirit, Christ in you, the spirit of Christ in you, then Satan lives in you by the power of sin. And because sin is still there, he has the right to come back. So you have to understand being saved just don't mean I'm going to church and I got a a Bible now and I mean I know how to say hallelujah and all that, that don't mean you're saved. (laughs) had nothing to do with your salvation. All that stuff is good. All right, now let's let's go to work. Uh, uh, We're going to look at 516 out of the good news. Romans chapter 5 and verse 16. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 16. Alright, for those who do not know, we do have our youth nation on the other side, all our children over there. Going to have a good time. Amen? Let's move on. There's a difference between God's gift and the sin of one man. After the one sin came the judgment of guilty. But so after many sins come the undeserved gift, undeserved gift of not guilty. Alright, now we look at the next verse. It is true that through the sin of one man, death began to rule because of that one man. But how much greater is the result of what was done by the one man, Jesus Christ? All who receive God's abundant grace and freely put right with God, which is God's righteousness, will rule in life through Jesus Christ. You can't rule in life until you receive uh, God's forgiveness. So then, the one the one sin is condemnation all people. In the same way, uh, the one righteous act set all people free and give them life. And just as all people were made sinners as a result of the disobedience of one man, Adam, in the same way, they will give, we put right with God as a result of the obedience of the one man, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ came to make us right with God, Adam got us in trouble with God. We were made sinners through Adam, we were made righteous through Christ. Now, that has to happen in your life, and that same word, look at the good news in that same word, because this morning you gave me one, it says forgiveness of sins. I thought it was in the NLT. And it's the same, same thing, Romans 5, 16. Uh, maybe it's verse 15, maybe that's the verse I need. Back at the verse 15, maybe that's the one I need. The- Romans chapter 5 and verse 15. It said, but there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. There it is. And the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater God, wonderful grace, and his gift of forgiveness. There it is. So his gift of forgiveness, his gift of forgiveness, is the same as the gift of righteousness. So my point is, the wage of sin is death, but, the gift of God is eternal life. But what is the gift of God? It's the gift of righteousness or the gift of forgiveness. Amen. All right, so I'm here to show you that people are saying they have received Christ, but they have never received his forgiveness. How can you receive Christ, believe in Christ, death, being and resurrection, and never receive his forgiveness of sin? Most of the day, most people go to, Gal- go to Galatians 5.19. Most people spend their time with the word sin. Still in churches today. You hear more about sin in churches today than you do about Christ. If you preach Christ, people will be Christ conscious. If you preach sin, people are going to be sin conscious. And people just can't get over it. They can't just believe when Christ paid for our sin, died for our sins. That was his purpose of coming here. Now, if he came here and did that, why would you still think it still remained? The key is you have not accepted your Lord as you said. Or you don't believe he did what he said. All right. Now, in Galatians five nineteen, you need to mark these things in your Bible. I don't have time to preach on these things. But it said the works of the flesh so the work, as works of the flesh are manifested. Manifested, I gave you that word, it's born, I give it to you again. When you use the word manifest, it means clearly visible to the eye. That's the word manifested. Clearly visible to the eye, anything that's manifested. And I'm going to show you the Old Testament, which is Jesus Christ, the word of God, in the Old Covenant was manifested. And we're going to show you that he was manifested. He was clearly visible to the eye. And as long as he was manifested... He could not save you. He could heal you. He could deliver you, set you free, work all kinds of miracles in your life, but never give you salvation. So the people in the old covenant, they got everything except salvation. Salvation for eternal life. All right? Now, they could get all the other blessings in the flesh, spiritual blessing, physical, but they could not get eternal life until the new covenant. Now the works of the flesh which are manifest, which are these? Then you're going to name all the things that are manifest. adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. He's going to go on and on. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, various emulation, wrath, strife, addition. All that's the works of the flesh. That is not called sin. It is called what? The works of the flesh. So you can't go by what somebody has said because people go to church and they're, they're preaching all day. All of, us, all of us have sin. Come on, somebody. But that's what he's talking about right there. See, I'm not, here to, I'm not here to go. I'm not here to ask you where you were. You don't have to hide from me. If you're drinking, smoking with somebody, don't have to hide from me. I am not your God. I am your pastor. My job is to set an example before you to follow and you can't say to God, I can't do it. No, yeah, you can do it. Your pastor do it. So if your pastor can live a life before God, then you can too. Amen. See, I said this morning, what we do with this. We say, let's look at 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. Let's start reading somewhere around verse 14. We say we believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Once I receive Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, he empowers me with the Holy Spirit, so I can live the life he has designed for me in this earth to please him. And walking in the spirit, walking in obedience to him, I can do that now and obey an authority. When I say authority, I'm talking about all authority his. Doesn't make it what is it is. Mama, daddy, school, teacher, police, whatever. I can obey authority. See, that's that's what I can do because it's all his. Amen. There's no authority but of God. Amen. All right. For the love of Christ constrains us. Now, constrain and control. God' love controls me. Now, once I get saved, his love controls me. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, he died for all of us. Then we all dead. Now, look at the next verse. He said, for that he died for all that they which live, they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Otherwise, you should not be all about you. But you should live for him who died for you and rose again. See, once you get, once you get Christ's spirit in you, you don't live for yourself no more. See, people, people just think, well, I do what I want to do, go what I want to go do. See, that's the thing. Then you say you're saved. Then you say you're controlled by the spirit. I mean, that, that's a lot for you asking me to believe. Because if you're led by the Spirit, you're supposed to do what the Spirit say. Amen. Not what you want to do. Amen. See? And that's the difference in, in being born of the Spirit. You are controlled by the Spirit. You do what the Spirit said do. You go with the Spirit when He said do it. Amen. See, we, we're saying that, but are you really really doing that? That's when you're led by the Spirit. All right? Now, I got a message that's going to break, break that wide open down the road. You just... Hold your horse, Amen. Now, I talked about the Word of God was made flesh. Said so the, the Word of God was made flesh. Was made flesh. Now I'm not going to go back; otherwise, it became flesh. Now, when John, when John, when John opened up uh, the New Covenant when he wrote, when he read you the, the Gospel of John, he showed you that Jesus is the Word of God who was with God in the beginning, in eternity. He's the agent of creation, he's the source of life, and he became flesh. And he lived among humanity. That's what he just showed us in John chapter 1. Now, these people saw his glory. That was John 1:18. Jesus made known or made God known to man, said Jesus, Jesus. Made, God man. made God known to man. That was his responsibility. So in John 1.18, the Bible said, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So his whole responsibility was was to make the Father known to man. See, Jesus Christ is the spokesman of the Godhead. He is the mediator. He's the one who do all of the talking between man and God. Is the Son. Now, Jesus made God known to man. Jesus is the living word said Jesus, yes. is the living word. Yes. Now, he's like the written word, but he became flesh. He is the, he is the, he is the person who gives the place of meeting. See, the key is God want to meet me. So he sent his son, and now he put me in his son and the son in me so the father can meet me. See, the father couldn't meet you without the son. In the Old Testament, they had a place of meeting. A place of meeting. And in that third dimension of the tabernacle, the Father would come down and meet man. On the door of the tent of the tabernacle, the Father would meet man. But Christ now is the place now where God can meet man. So if you're not in Christ, the Father can't meet you. He wants to meet you. Look at somebody and say, he wants to meet you bad. Yeah, he wants to meet you real bad. Right, but you got to make sure you're in Christ, amen? Now, he becomes the place of God's meeting where God's glory, his hidden glory is unveiled and the Father become known. So that's what Jesus does. In the New Covenant, we have the revelation of the word, the revealed word. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have the manifested word. So you can't be saved by the manifesto word. And that's what we got. We gave it that. Let me give you a couple of those. John chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2. 1 John. Let's do 1 John. 1 John 1, 1 and 2. And then we're going to to go to work. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. From here we go to 1 Peter 3, 18. 1 John 1, 1 and 2. So I got to see this. That's why you can't take Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and preach Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and get nobody saved. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is for people to know who Jesus is. You're not saved because you know who he is. Matter of fact, you wasn't even here to be able to know who he is. That was in the Old Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What I'm saying is for Old Testament because the New Testament did not start to the book of Romans. You may buy a Bible, and it may have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Psalms, and everything in the New Testament, but the New Testament did not start until the book of Romans. All right? So that's when the Apostle Paul teaching started, which is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which I'm teaching on now. Okay, now, we're going to finish this verse. That which was from the beginning. Now, remember, the same John wrote the Gospel of John. He also wrote the book of Revelation. So this is the John that was one of Jesus' the disciples. So he wrote that which is from the beginning, which we have heard, if you go by, watch what he tells you. Because manifestation, the definition of manifestation, once again, is what? Clearly visible to die. Say manifestation? is manifestation. when something is clearly visible to die. All right. So watch what he said. That's which was from the beginning. He's talking about Christ, the Word, the Word of God. From the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, but that word is called the word of life. I know people means well when they name the church the word of life, but the word of life is the manifestation of the word. Jesus is still in the flesh. As long as he's in the flesh, he can't save you. He cannot save you as long as he remained the word of life. He had to die and become the spirit of life. That life was manifested. So that's why when you go to church, you got to you, you know what you're doing. This is not a game. And then when God shows you things of the pastor, you got to be able to change it. You can't just stay there and go along with it because the people don't know. That life, the word of life, was manifested. And we have seen it. We bear witness and we show to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. See, that's a manifested word. But then there's Romans chapter 8. We'll do that before I go to my teaching I told you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Once you get to Romans chapter 8, it's when Paul got saved. And when that's when he had realized that God had taken sin out of his conscience. Once you get saved, God does what? Take sin out of your conscience. That's why you have to understand, are you still sin conscious or are you God conscious? Once God saved you, he takes sin out of the conscience. There's no more guilt of sin, condemnation of sin. There therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ, who walked out of the flesh but out of the Spirit. Then going gonna tell you the law of the Spirit of life, the law of the Spirit of life, not the word of life. The law of the Spirit of life, not the word. The word was made flesh, that's the word of life. But now the word has given his Spirit to man, now it's the Spirit of life. See, the, this, this word of life over here can give you life. He raised Lazarus from the dead. But he cannot make Lazarus a son of God. Oh, you ain't ready for that. Go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. See, you, you, you don't, you're not seeing what I'm saying, or are you? See, if I don't hear you say nothing, then I'm like, I'm just threw it over, you know, you throw a tennis ball to the back by myself and I catch it, I keep throwing it back in the back. Nobody reaches up for the ball, you know. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 said, but if the spirit of him, not the word, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you, not the word, the spirit. He that raised up Christ from the dead, the Holy Ghost, shall also quicken your mortal body by the Spirit that lives in you. So you got to understand something. There's a difference on this side as the word of life. This same word gave life. It gave life to Lazarus. Gave life to all that it touches. But that was a physical. It could not give him over here Eternal life, because this man had to die himself. Go to First Timothy three sixteen. See, you you got to understand this word of God had to go through a transition himself. He had to come to a place where he became the first begotten from the dead. He came to a place where he himself had to be the firstborn among many brethren. So you got to understand. Over here, he was the Word of Life. Without controversy, greatest mystery of godliness. Here's, here it is. Number one, God was manifest in the flesh. God over here was manifest in the flesh. If he stayed there, he could not save you. Amen. But he didn't stay there. Thank God, he was manifest in the flesh. Number two, he was justified in the spirit. The one justified, he had to be made right with the Father Himself again. The Father said to the Son, This is my only begotten Son. This is my in whom I am well pleased. He had to speak it to the Son. And without controversy, great is the mystery of God. Number one, he was manifested in the flesh. Number two, he was justified in the spirit. Number three, he was seen of angels. Number four, he was preached to the Gentiles, not the Jews. Jesus was preached to the Jews. That's Romans 15 and 8 in your notes you may get a chance to look at it Romans 15 and 8 Jesus preached to the Jews Paul preached to the Gentiles and he preached Christ but over here Jesus could not preach himself for salvation he had to die so Paul can preach him and Paul preached him to the Gentile next we he was preached to the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world, and then he will receive up into glory. Now, in the glory means sitting on the right hand of the Majesty on high. So now he is exalted, both Lord and Christ Acts two thirty six. All right, now let's get these things that I gave you for scripture. What's first? 1 Peter three eighteen. All you do is write them one on one on each other. Hebrew two fourteen through seventeen. I'm not going to Acts two thirty six. I'm just showing the people. Let's go to Hebrew two fourteen through seventeen. Now what's next? 1 Peter three eighteen. Okay, just want to make sure everybody got their notes. The best way to take notes is put one under another. If you use that sheet of if you use that sheet of paper, just go to another sheet of paper. Amen. You got plenty of paper. We got a whole... Well, 1 Peter 3.18, we say we're going to go to Hebrews 2. I'll do it while you're there. Let me do it while you're there. All right, let me do it there. Then we go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. Here we go. For Christ also has suffered, watch this, for sins. The just for the unjust. He's the just man with the unjust that he may bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. But he was made alive by the Spirit. I just showed you that. He himself had to be made alive by the Spirit. See, in the Old Testament, the Word of God did not have the Spirit. Although it's the Word of God, it was the whole Old Testament, but it did not have the Spirit. So the letter did what? That's right, because it didn't have the Spirit. The New Testament has the Spirit. Okay. just want you to understand. For as much then, Hebrew 2.14, for as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, see if he didn't die he could have done this, through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. I ask you before, if he had the power of death, then what was the power of death? Sin. See, sin. So you didn't put that in your Bible. See? And so that's why you have three things that I'm going to show you in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm not going to go back to them right now. For 55, 56, 57. You can write them down yourself. You have law, sin, death. Say that with me. Law, law. sin, death. So I'll start out over here with Adam. First, Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and the evil. He broke God's Law, it brought sin and sin brought death. So the only way God could clear it up, He just hit a home run. He took the law out by fulfilling the law. Every jot and every tilt is God's law. By doing that, the law had sin had no more power. And then, not only that, death had no more power. Because if I go back this way, death power is sin sin powers the law so god got rid of the law when he did that if i unplug the card i don't care how many things you listen to tv radio and everything else Sin gonna lose its power Uh, and then sin is plugged into death is plugged into sin Uh, everything gone and all i did was got rid of the law that's what the lord did now, this is what Paul is showing you in Hebrews chapter 2. Let's continue. Go to verse 17 for time's sake. Hebrews 2, 17. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest. If I get a chance, I'll show you that. If I, if I don't, I'm going to give it to you right now. He's a faithful high priest pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So, he's, he, see, the high priest had to make Reconciliation for the sins of the people. That's why when Jesus came, He fulfilled three areas: prophet, priest, and king. Uh, let me see if I get this for you. Uh, so that's why you have to know Matthew chapter one. Uh, I'm going I'm to find it for you. You have to know these three things: Matthew chapter, the birth of Jesus Christ; Matthew chapter two. Uh, I'm not going to read the birth for us. Verse number 18. Uh, it, it, I'm going to read verse number 20. Let, uh, read 18 through 20. Let me do that part. I gave you that much. Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. Matter of fact, we go to 21. We, my God. <laughs> we go to 21. Now, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Now, I want you to hear me say something. Because... 'm I'm, I'm not an ignorant man I'm, I'm not an ignorant pastor, but I don't believe in, in in quenching the spirit when the spirit says something in me I'll repeat it Amen. Jesus Christ either one is not God is not like Mary is not the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus Amen. okay now Jesus was made both Lord and Christ after he rose from the dead, all right? Mary is the mother of Jesus, all right? Not the mother of God. I know people like to say, well, she's the mother of God. No, she can't be the mother of God. God ain't. I like to sit. I might well tell you with God God ain't. Y'all know what I mean, right? If, if, if in the beginning God, and if you're the mother of God, you had to be in the beginning with God. So that don't work i'm just letting you know just you hear stuff but don't 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 go out and don't make yourself look bad okay all right now here we go now the birth of jesus amen the birth of jesus was on this wise jesus christ when as his mother his mother jesus okay all right was a spouse of joseph before they came together she was found a child of the holy ghost so who child was it the whole everybody who child All right, so Jesus was really the child of the Holy Ghost, all right? But he needed a body to bring his uh, son into the earth, okay? And he used Mary, okay? Now, uh, in verse number 19, and then we know, uh, let's go down and read verse number 20 now. I don't have time to read the rest of it. I'm I'm, I'm running low. Verse 20, verse 20 said, "But while he thought on these things, because he thought to put her away." The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee, Mary thy wife, for that, he's going to name this, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So so we know the father conceived in Mary Jesus. Okay, now that's not hard because that's how all women get conception, isn't that right? All right, cheering come from the Lord, doesn't it? I got about four folks are amen now if you don't go with that how you get yours did the holy ghost you have listen he's he is the creator all right you can't get nothing without god all right now i'm going to move on because i want i want to go down to verse number 25 because i want to show you this in verse number 25 it's going to say her son now this is there because you have to understand genesis Adam and Eve, Eve brought forth her son. I'm going to get into this a little later because I'm going to be teaching on the teaching if the Lord allow me to on the seed of the woman. And if I do that, I'm going to have to do the seed of the serpent at the same time. And knew not till she had brought forth her, her, her firstborn son, her son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, Jesus is the father's name. It was the Father who said to them, Call his name Jesus. Jesus, the Father's name. Christ is the Son's name. Y'all all all right? Okay, just trying to help you out. All right, now, in in Matthew, go to chapter 2, verse 1. I'm looking at just two verses. In Matthew 2 and 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Now, we have seen his star, so you on the line of the word, his star, in the east, and we'll come to worship him. Now, here Matthew is, is, is moving into his own teaching because Matthew's talking about Jesus as the king, as the king. Luke talking about him as the son of man or son of Adam. Matthew is moving into kingship, so that's when you're going to get into what we call the wise men. But uh, I'll do verse eight through eleven, and then I'll be done with this all for right now. Okay, uh, and he sent for, and he sent to Bethlehem, verse eight, and said, "Go and search diligently for the young child. This is what Herod told the wise men. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also." And when they heard the king, they departed low and lo the star. Somebody said the star? You want to put down Numbers 24, 17. I'm going to go back there somewhere back there Numbers 24. And when you see that, you're going to see that was already spoken of uh, by Balaam. Oh, you have heard of Balaam and Balak? All right, that's a prophecy came forth from Balaam at that time. But I'll show that to you, hopefully. And he sent to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, somebody said the star. Right, it let you know that he was the king. You see the word star and sceptre. That's both those words were the king. They rejoiced with exceeding joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, fell down and worship him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him, into him gifts. They named the gifts gold, frankincense, myrrh. Say we with me. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, the reason why there were three gifts, it did not say there were three wise men, so don't get into that kind of stuff. There were three gifts There were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, why were there three gifts? Because they realized that this man was going to fulfill three places in Scripture, prophet, priest, and king. So if you look at the three gifts, you will see them in order. If you start from the bottom and come up, myrrh will be for the prophet because the prophet will be killed. And that's what the myrrh was for. And if you notice, when Jesus was killed, they brought him myrrh and embalmed him. If you go to the second one, it's priest, because he's going to offer frankincense. You see these things in Jesus' death when they embalmed him. And then you see him as king, which would be gold. So these are the Ministry of Jesus Christ, they knew this through David. David also fulfilled the same three ministries. He was uh, David was also king, priest, and prophet. And that's why David could offer up the incense uh, because he was a priest. Okay, that's why Jesus could do a lot of things in his ministry because he fulfilled all three areas. Okay, all right. Now, just, just to show you that... Uh, I don't, I'm not teaching this right now. I want to show you that he came in the flesh, but you got to see all this thing that he do. So let's go, let's go church Luke a minute. Let's go church Luke a little bit here. Give you a little Luke. Luke, we give you a little bit of Luke here. In Luke chapter two, you're going to see the same thing. Uh, And you'll see the, the same thing. You'll see the shepherd. See a lot of this, when people do things, they put it all together in one package that's, you, don't have, you don't have the in the manger and the wise men too in the same scene. They don't go together. Okay. They were in the house when the wise men came to see them. Not in the manger. See, if you look at, look at this stuff, I don't have time to do it justice so I'm not going to mess with it at all. Let me move on. Okay, but the thing about it is you have to read it for yourself. You just can't go out. You go out and you buy stuff and you say, I'm going to buy all this stuff, put it in my yard. There's no wise man in the manger. <laughs> when they had the manger, the wise man didn't come to. he was in the house. Right. He was a child then. Okay. So you don't want to just go out and get stuff. You got folks doing all this stuff trying to show you ain't no religion to this is the men. Save your money. <laughs> all right. All right. Some of y'all ain't going to clap no way. Just go on and spend your money then. You know? <laughs> All right, now, now let's, go to, let's, go, let's go to work. I'm going to give you two verses, and I'm gone. Let me give you 1 John 3, 5, and 8, because I got a lot of more stuff I got to get to. I want to show you that, that he was manifesting in his flesh to die for the sins, and that's what I want to show you today. Uh, let's go to uh, 1 John 3, verse 5, and verse 8. Just those two verses. 1 John 3, 5, and 8. All right, it says, and you know that he was manifested. I'm using the word manifest again because manifest means he's in the flesh. He was manifested, why, to take away our sins. Now, here's my point, and in him is no sin. He was manifested to do that. That's why God came in the flesh, to take away our sins. Now, my point is, here we are 2,000 years later, and we still have not accepted that he took away the sins. Because if you did, you would not be telling him about your sin every day. You got to get it together. You got to understand, sin is not your nature. It was your old nature. That's why the old nature, I was a sinner. Old nature. But now I'm a son. And a son of God does not have sin living in them. Amen. Now you may look at it and go like, wait, wait just, just, just listen. First, let me show you. First Corinthians 3, let me give you a couple of verses. I let the words. I don't fuss no more. I, I, just, I told the Lord I'm not going to ever fuss again. Y'all pray for me, okay? 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Let me show it to you. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. You got to understand how to walk in the spirit and how to live in the spirit and you got to know some things that's not going on. I don't care how many times preachers tell you this. You have to know what the word says. Let every man be a lie and let God be true. Watch what the Word says. The Word says, no, you, not that you are the temple of God. Yeah. Come on, bump somebody and say, is Christ in your soul? Then you are the temple of God. Yeah. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God lives in you. All right, now if the Spirit of God lives inside of me, do you think he's going to live in my soul with sin still there? You got to understand something. God and the devil not gonna live in the same house. The power of the devil in the house. And listen, why you think the Holy Ghost came in the house? Go to Revelation one and five. See, we have not accepted His ministry. We keep talking about it, but the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to show you what they're doing because we still think we got sin. No, you just got a problem in your life with the works, the works of the flesh. You need to get over it. That means you need to modify. The deeds of the flesh, and if you don't modify the deeds of the flesh, they gonna put you out. You don't understand how that works. Somebody find me that verse I did with the modified deeds of the flesh. Let me show you what happened. Cause if you don't put them thing to death that's that's going in your life, then they gonna show in your life. You be looking for you, you gone. You be have just put some more. Your great, modify, modify. <laughs> This verse, Revelation 1 and 5, this letter from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead. He's the prince of the kings of the earth. On him that loved us, passed hence on the cross, loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And you know, people would tell you, oh man, I believe that. Hey, hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm a to believe in Christ. You, you don't even believe Christ. You don't even believe God washed your sins away in his own blood. And the Bible tell you, but if you wash your sins away, then you don't have them anymore. Get over it. Amen. I know everybody can't. Yeah, but see, you know why You're trying to find, if you got sin in the country, then you have death in the country. And, and, and that's, you got to understand something. That's why to be saved means you have no more sin in the country. Look at Romans 5, 5. It's one of the greatest things people do understand. They think it just, well, see, I just can't say that. Well, if you save, you can. If you are a believer. Give me the next verse. Wait a minute, hold it right there. Hope, make it not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, how? By the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Look at the next verse. Huh? I'm needing not, Romans 8 is what I said. Romans 8, 5, I'm sorry, not 5, 5. Romans 8, 5. I'm just going to do um, Romans 8, 813 8, 8, 8, too. we get down there. Romans 8, 5 said, For they that are after the flesh do mine the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit do mine the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, See, carnal, mind minded is sinful minded. Natural minded. You still got a sinful, natural carnal mind, then you have a mind of death. See, when God saved your soul, he saved your mind. He, Hebrews 9, 14, we go there that next, come on, come on. For to be carnal minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. See, he takes, he, he puts a spirit mind, his mind in you. Let this, he put his mind in you. Because the corner of the mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither can be. That's why if you got a corner of mind, you don't want to obey God, you don't want the word. Now let's go to verse 13. So he's telling you in this chapter, this is a powerful chapter in verse number 13. If you live after the flesh, or the carnal mind. Because that's what he's talking about, fleshly mind. If you live after the flesh, fleshly mind, you're going to die. You stay in that house and that fleshly mind is there, you're going to die. But if you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body... That's Galatians 5 19. These things, the works of the flesh, you got to kill them. Amen. You got to put them out, put them under. They come to put you under, you got to put them under. What are the weapons of your war for? If not, Colonel, dead Colonel. But they are mighty through God, to so the pulling down a stronghold. You got to pull them down. That's the work of the flesh, of your life. If you live out the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the spirit, if you can modify, put to death the deeds of your flesh, you're gonna live. Now you tell me one thing. Are you gonna live, or, or that what's going on in your life gonna live? It's up to you. But the stuff you allow in your life in Galatians chapter 5, verse, nine, verse 19, will kill you. Your flesh, your flesh lusts against the spirit, and your spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another. Yeah. So you cannot do the thing that you would. Yeah. People walk around talking about, man, you uh, 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 uh. they got they all kinds of stuff now. But let me tell you something. It's going to either take you out or you're going to take it out. It's up to you. You don't have to clap. You don't have to clap. My job to tell you. My job to tell you. We we just went, we went to Mexico for our vacation, and this guy was, he was there, tequila man, tequila man, tequila man. (laughs) Then he called it holy water, come drink holy water. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you some things he said, because I told my wife I just fell down laughing. This guy told me, he says, oh, you don't have to buy. Then he said a bad word. Just come drink some, just for the hell of it. <laughs> I knew we were getting ready to go. Just like, we got to go. <laughs> and then I got a guy sitting on the bench. When I'm sitting there to, tell to take a break, he said, they got the best stuff in the back. You too. I want to say, he got, they got you too. Huh? <laughs> See, all that stuff sounds real good, but it's out for your life. Yeah. It's for your life. Like I said before, I smoked marijuana for three years of my life. 1977, 78, 79, 80. Those four years, I smoked marijuana. And I'm telling you right now, it took God to deliver me I know people can say, well, you know, Pastor, I can. No, let me tell you something. I tried. I threw it away. I threw it in the can like that, like that, uh, like that, 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 uh, turkey. You know that turkey you see? He gets up, he comes out his stuff on. He, he, he quit, he quit. Cold turkey. (laughs) And that ain't, that ain't gonna work. I had to go to God. I said, Lord, I'm tired of this. I don't want it no more. And I said this to the Lord, I can't quit. I told the Lord, I can't quit. I've already tried. And if you don't help me, I'm going to be here because I can't quit. I tried it. Amen. I threw them away. I wasn't going to buy no more. But every time I go by that store and that sign says, beer, wine, whiskey, a lot of I'm right back in there again. I gamble on the way to church. I gamble on the way home. I gamble on the way to work. I gamble when I was at work. I saw the number when I was in my sleep. I saw it on the back of a man's car. I saw it on the tag. I saw it on the wall. I dreamed about it. And I had to go play. And then the devil kept saying to me, you still ain't played enough. And then I had to go spend some more. And I had to go spend some more. And then I go catch the man at the work, and I said, "You, I want to put this in. I got it in the street, but I got to go put it in the lottery. I got it in the boat. I got got it tonight. Anywhere come out, I got it. And it's 7 o'clock at night, every night. Every night at 7 o'clock. Every night at at 7 o'clock. I'm going back, I'm going back, sit down now. Because I got my feeling hurt, I spent all my money. And I ain't got none. Now I got to tell who I spent all that money. It ain't gonna work, you better take it from somebody. God will take care of you. You cannot be God giving. No matter how hard you try, when I found out that verse, that verse said, lay not up yourself treasure on earth where do and moss and rust does corrupt and thieves do break through and steal. But lay up your treasure in heaven where they never can touch what God has given you. When I found that out, I told my wife, from now on, we will be cheerful givers. We're going to give every Sunday. Well, I don't even understand what giving is, but I, I know it's God's way. God said he loves a cheer giver. I told my wife, I "Said we were gonna be one of those cheer forgivers, and we're gonna give the rest of our lives. And I'm a witness. We have never, ever ran out of nothing we needed. Never. And it covers more than just your finances. Let me finish this. I'm done." Let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Let's do verse 3. Romans 1, 1 through 4, but we're just going to do verse number 3. From here we do Second Corinthians five twenty-one. Did I finish the verses that I was supposed to be doing? Okay. Yeah, let me get these things done that I already got down. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. See, he was made of the seed of David, and he declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. See, he had to be raised from the dead, but he couldn't be raised from the dead and declare us righteous until he died. So if he didn't die, he couldn't do it. Let's do the scripture we got out there. Romans 15 and 8. Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. Otherwise, it was Jesus Christ who preached to the Jews, not the Apostle Paul. Paul preached to the Jews in the early of his ministry. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. But he preached to the Gentiles the gospel of Christ. Paul says, uh, uh, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, which were Jews. It was for the truth of God. He had to do that because he had to bear witness to the truth to confirm the promises made to the fathers. So, if Jesus didn't come and die and preach to the Jew, the promises could not be confirmed. To confirm the promise is to make them stable so they can be given. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1, 20, and 21, all the promises of God in Christ is yea in him, yea in amen. All right, let's move on. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Is there anything else I got out there? I heard you say Hebrew 9. We have to do that in just a minute. Huh? 9, Hebrew 9, 14. After this. God hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So God made his son, Christ, to be sin for us. And yet people still think they got sin. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offer himself without spot to God, watch this, purge your conscience. That's what he did. He purged your conscience from Dead works so you can serve the living God. He cleansed the conscience of sin so you can serve the living God. See, you can't have sin on the conscience if you're saved. That's what He did, saved. Let's go to Isaiah 50. uh, Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 21, and then I'm going to close out with Isaiah 53 1 through 11. For He made Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in Him. So He made Him to be sin for us. What an exchange. He took our sin. You won't even take his righteousness. Yes, most people, are you righteous? Well, I don't want to say that, brother. Are you without sin, brother? I wouldn't say that, brother. We all have things in the closet. Hey, that's what you got in your closet. Well, we keep saying we believe the man, and he keeps saying he took away our sins. So either he did them, he did not. All right, Isaiah 53, 1. Who has believed our report? That's the key right there. Amen. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form, talking about Jesus. He has no form of comeliness, And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That's on the cross. He despised, that's when they beat him up. He despised, he rejected a man. He's a man of sorrow and he is acquainted with grief. And we hid as if it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne, carried, our griefs, our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and then the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, his beating him, gave us our, made us whole that would heal, made made whole. And verse number six, all we like sheep, that's what happened to Israel, went astray. Turned everyone to his own way. The Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. The sin of all mankind was laid on Jesus Christ. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And when I say slaughter, brother, they had to beat him to the very skin and hair off of his body. Just like you would do a lamb. You skinned the lamb. So he had to beat all of the skin off of that man. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He brought as a lamb to the slaughter. as a sheep before his shearers. Dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison. From judgment to judgment. Who shall declare his generation? Who's going to live for him now? He was cut off out of the land of the living, 33 years old. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he has done no violence, nothing. He had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. One man, his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Here's the last verse He shall see the travail of his soul. And shall be satisfied. The Father saw the suffering of his son and was satisfied with man's sin. So that was enough. Take him down, that's enough. The debt been paid. by the knowledge of many, by his knowledge shall many righteous servants justify many. He shall bear their iniquity. That's what he did. He took our sin on the cross, and yet Every day, you got people every day will stand before God and ask God to forgive them for your sin. Why don't you Why don't you put a cross at your back door? Why don't you put a cross over your bed somewhere to remind you that Jesus already died for our sins? Come on, my time is up. Come on, wife. Because I know I'll get attitude. You got to know that he did it all. I don't care what man say. I don't care what people think. Jesus died for our sins. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.